Well, hey folks, Jeff Salzman here, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the New York Times, a post-progressive look at our progressive paper of record. And I am, I think, in episode eight here, been doing this eight weeks in a row, and uh, really enjoying it. It's a nice way to jump off of a current news story and put it into some integral perspective, which is what I like to do. Uh, today, I wanted to look at the article that you are seeing on your screen if you're watching this on video. And that is a column that was written uh, last week, and it's titled Texas's Abortion Law Should Force America to Change Its Ways. And it is written by Karen Swallow Pryor, who is a research professor at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and a columnist at the Religion News Service and a pro-life Christian, as she uh, shares in this column. And I was surprised and, uh, I, and really happy, actually, to see this column in the New York Times, because it has a spark of integral to it. That it is, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed in the New York Times of, of probably, you know, all along, but it's, it, you know, it, it takes the progressive position. It took the liberal position. Um, and that is that abortion is a, um, a matter of a woman and her doctor, and it's her body. And it's a, a combination, really. The progressive view in general is a combination of the modern worldview that comes online. And, you know, after a, 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 a hideous history of patriarchy and, you know, the king and the warlord and the, the, the cleric and whoever had control over us, uh, that in modernity, that there's a sovereignty that is conferred onto everybody, on, on our own bodies, on our own lives. And at modernity, you cannot force a woman to remain pregnant and give birth. It's just too barbaric. And there's a zone of privacy that arises. And that actually is really key to Roe versus Wade, the abortion decision by the Supreme Court, where they just decided that abortion fell into this zone of privacy that is actually not in the Constitution in so many words. But it, this uh, ruling helped to create that. And as the New York Times writes about Roe v. Wade, it says, the court held that a right to privacy existed and included the right to have an abortion. The court found that a mother had a right to abortion until viability, a point to be determined by the abortion doctor. After viability, a, a woman can obtain an abortion for health reasons, which the court defined broadly to include psychological well-being. So pretty broad uh, uh, reading there. And that's actually come, does come out of modernity. It's post-modernity, which is also you know, a big part of the progressive view here and of the New York Times typical view. It sees abortion as a great move forward in human rights and as a corrective to a great moral wrong. Again, a blow to the patriarchy where decisions were made by husbands and fathers and you know, men and that it, it, I always think of the, the famous line by Gloria Steinem, 
where she said, if men got pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. And that's this, you know, objection to, to abortion is itself immoral in the postmodern view. So, you know, mostly the New York Times has been in that territory where they're, you know, it's like every stage, every worldview spends a lot of time, they get very busy with owning their uh, opponents. And so, you know, owning the conservatives on, they don't care about the child after birth. Why do they care about the child before birth? Or they don't care about reducing the need for abortions with sex education and contraception. And, um, you know, the beat goes on in the cultural wars. But there was something that was, I never saw, I never saw it in the New York Times. It may have been there and, you know, God knows much gets by me for sure. But this one got me between the eyes. And this was, again, last week. Uh, online, it was the, um, what, what did I say it was titled? Texas abortion law should force America to change its ways. In the printed edition, it was protecting a child isn't extreme. And so they had two different titles for it. And again, this is um, the traditional view. Or, or it's actually in some ways a traditional view with integral sensibilities. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll explain that as I read through it a little bit. So here's this article from Karen Swallow Pryor. She's a, a pro-life Christian. She says, abortion is a failure for every woman and her unborn child. A failure of love, justice, and mercy. Texas new abortion law is far from perfect, and she critiques it later. But I hope it can move us closer to these ideals of love, justice, and mercy. The highest purpose of human law is the protection of human life from its beginning to its natural end. As a pro-life Christian, I believe that each of our individual origins are in the moment of conception. That's when my life and your life began not in some abstract, ethereal way, but for real. All the very particular DNA, chromosomes, eye color, hair texture, and the toes of you. The Texas law doesn't ban abortion from this earliest beginning. Rather, it bans almost all abortions after cardiac activity in the unborn child is detected, usually around six weeks into pregnancy when cheeks, chin and jaws are also starting to form. And on the online version, the New York Times links to sites that show all the gestation periods and so forth. So it's quite an education. I'm, like I said, happy to see this. And then she goes on writing her column. She says, if we start from the biological and ontological reality that each human life begins at conception, this law is hardly extreme, as President Biden has called it. A law preserving the life of a human being at any stage can be considered extreme only within a distorted social context. Wow. And that's true. I mean, there's, um, you know, this is where she gets into her critique of the culture, the modern and postmodern culture. Uh, but she does it in a way that is sympathetic to women and girls who are pregnant and don't mean to be. 
So it's, it has none of the blame or shame for women or girls that really comes out of real traditionalism where the girls are blamed and, and, and you know, that it's, uh, you know, really seen as a horrible moral failure to become pregnant for the woman, not for the man. Uh, so th this is all beyond that, her critique. And I'll go on, I'll continue to read it. She says, in America, of all the pregnancies that don't end in miscarriage, nearly one in five is aborted. So 20% of pregnancies aborted. This is a society in which things are wildly off track. A world like this, spun by forces that lead to that many lives being undone, doesn't happen by chance. It takes all of us. It takes a village to make abortion seem like the best choice. And, um, and that is, um, that, that gets to one of the things I harp on a lot in both the Daily Evolver, my podcast and this uh, new thing on the New York Times, is that the earlier, the pre-modern stages of or worldviews, so traditionalism and earlier, are not going to go gently into the disenchanted world of modernity and post-modernity, where sacred has, it's an enormous shift in consciousness, where God is everywhere, everything is sacred, everything is enchanted, to where that is really verboten in the public sphere. You can't argue in a business meeting that God told me to do this. Um, but that would, of course, been a perfectly good reason for the, the previous many millennia. So it's a big shift, and some people aren't there. You know, people people who live in an enchanted world, uh, where every life is a miracle of God, and is a product of God's intention, and um, that 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 we're not going to go forward as a culture until that view. It, it doesn't have to be that view in a fundamental sense, but the re the sacredization of life and the miracle of conception and that that has to be considered too. Now you still come down, you know, you, you can't make a woman have a baby, but that has to be taken into account as we move into basically a world. And I'll get to this a little bit more in a second, but a world that includes the tragic nature of existence that there, you know, really is no good option here. That's a big truth. Anyway, uh, let's see. It takes in a uh, village to make an abortion seem like the best choice. We can change our ways, though, she writes. The Texas law ought to compel us to help women with unwanted pregnancies in meaningful ways. The millions of dollars that Texas lawmakers have allocated to the Alternatives to Abortion Program, which offer support to those who choose life in difficult circumstances, quote, is a start. So they apparently have allocated millions of dollars to this alternatives to abortion program, which will support those who choose life in difficult circumstances. Absolutely, very good. But Texas's infamously high maternal mortality rate must also be addressed. It is not pro-life to save the child only to lose her mother in the process. Unborn children don't exist in a vacuum. Their lives are conceived, birthed, or not, and lived in community. To serve them, we must serve their communities. It should challenge us all 
including those who think other things outweigh letting little embryonic girls and boys to continue to live. A world that pits a mother's well-being against her child's life is a world that needs extensive repair. Well, okay. Um, yeah, I, um, I'd say that it's a world that needs to evolve and that that's uh, what we're doing as, as we see this point of view brought into the New York Times. And of course, shorn of the, you know, the, the, the petty um, um, uh, shaming uh, nature of traditionalism. Uh, so that's, that, that's, that's uh, you know, a, a, it's funny, these, these stages, the worldviews themselves evolve. So a traditionalist, a person with a traditionalist heart today has a very different view than their grandparents did, I would argue, certainly my grandparents. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so what's then the integral view on abortion, or is there one? And I don't know, you know, clearly the, the insights of modernity and post-modernity have to trump traditionalism in the sense that it's, you, you can't make a woman have a baby. Uh, but there, the, the uh, integration of the idea that the fertilization of an egg and a sperm is a miraculous event. It is a new life. Do I believe that it has a destiny and a karmic stream that it has already claimed? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, and here we are. This is uh, welcome to holding multiple perspectives. Welcome to a certain humility of seeing that everybody's making their way in a tragic existence. And this is, this is another um, insight of, uh, that I think has to be brought into integral. And, and, it, and it's part of the um, war between traditionalism and modernity, post-modernity. And that is that traditionalists get that we are living in a fallen world, a sinful world, and that we need to do our best and be godly people. That's their take on it. And God's going to take care of things. God's taking care of me. God created me. God's going to take me out and uh, take me home. And that worldview, even if it's not, you know, people aren't terribly religious about it in a certain way, There's that's the way they see life. As opposed to modernists who are, you know, we're here to create a decent life in this world that we're gonna let go of all of the cruelties and the superstitions of pre-modernity, the non-rational uh, civilizations, and, and, and create a perfect world, a, a better world. And, 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 and um, so, you know, that is, uh, is seen by uh, traditionalists as rampant safetyism in a way, even with the COVID thing, you know, they don't want to be, told how to be safer. They, they want to live their life. And, and modernists, you know, they're doing the calculations about, you know, all of the scientific data and so forth. So, you know, these are two worldviews. They are at war. And, um, you know, our job is to be friendly to both of them. All right. Well, I think that'll do me today. I am... Um,
always looking. If you have stories that you think are interesting, uh, I would appreciate you sending, sending them to me. I'm Jeff at dailyevolver.com. And uh, thank you to the Post Progressive Post for hosting me. And um, thank you for Integral Life for hosting the Daily Evolver. And let's keep going onward and upward in this journey of consciousness and cultural evolution. All right, see you next time.